0: Dangling After Dark with Dick Dangle, episode 468, features guest host Dahlia D., a recent naughty book find, and an interview with pinup artist Lorenzo Sperlonga.
1: Warning. This show is only for adults who like sex.
2: <sighs> Does your dick hang low? Does it dangle?
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 468 of *Dangling After Dark with Dick Dangle. Welcome to the Pervert Nation. I am your host, Dick Dangle, and joining me for this episode is the beautiful goddess from the great white north. She is your mistress of moisture. She is your poutine princess. She is your Alberta uh a game lady she is Dahlia d how are you doing
1: i'm disappointed to be frank yeah you should be that was horrible that was really what even was that dick yeah, come
0: on that, that this is dick on an energy drink
1: wow maybe you should stop drinking those
0: <laughs> if i did i would sleep through this entire recording <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, I'm the something from Alberta. So that's good. That's right.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it has been burning the candles at both ends. No kidding. It's been been rough, but we'll get into all of that in a second.
1: You've been a busy dick is I guess what you're saying. I
0: have been a very busy dick. Let me talk about what people are going to hear in this episode and then we'll get into everything. Hell yeah. So what you got? Is some fun banter and madness between Dolly and I, some needed updating, so I know what's going on when it comes to technology. Oh jeez, And if we get to it, of course we have articles if need be. But if we get to it, I have an incredible uh, antique sex find. That is going to be nothing but gold for upcoming episodes. Oh, no. It is. It's going to be amazing. Absolutely. I'm half
1: curious, half terrified.
0: There is no need to be terrified. It is going to be nothing but glorious. And I like the fact that, of course, because Dolly and I are doing our thing, uh, we are also live on Discord as we record. And uh, people hop in thinking, oh, my God, Dolly is on. And then they hear me talking and they leave.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. I'm actually – I love watching people just come in and out. It's, it's so funny. No, no, everybody knows what the, what the jig is. It's just I think a lot of people are, like, nervous that their camera is going to, like, turn on or something. I don't know. <laughs> don't be nervous. Everybody, like, creeps in and they're like, ah, can you hear me? I'm like, no, I have everybody muted. But I don't know. This doesn't work out that way, I guess. Yeah, that's all right. So, Man, so it's Dick Dangle and Dahlia D on Discord.
0: That's way too many Ds now.
1: There's never too many Ds, yeah. if we're being honest.
0: <laughs> oh, there's another one. Yay!
1: <laughs> <laughs> so many Ds.
0: So many Ds. Now, let's get into this Discord thing. Can you tell me why I get so many notifications that I have messages or something in my, like, like it's on my account, but it comes through my email. And when I go on, there's nothing.
1: Oh, that's weird. I don't, I don't know. See, the thing is, Discord is like a chat room, right? And if you don't turn off your notifications, you get a notification for every single person who says something in any given chat room.
0: I gotcha. Okay.
1: Yeah. So you're probably just getting like hundreds of messages from like active chat rooms from, like, just, like, lots of people talking all at once. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's pretty crazy. Like, <laughs> like, I, like, you have 29 unread notifications. Like, what? Like,
1: <laughs> Yeah, that's just other people chatting. Oh, my gosh, this is actually hilarious. Like, I feel like our old man voices are, like, coming true right now. How do I use this newfangled Discord?
0: Uh, uh, what? What does this button do? It's not activating the toy and I have in my butt so it's not doing anything for me really <laughs>
1: <Ew>. <laughs> old man butt <laughs> old
0: man butt there's nothing worse what did um, uh, Jeff Foxworthy would make the joke that uh, old man ass looks like if if you uh, take a frog and you stand him up
1: oh my god <laughs> It actually does.
0: Yeah, there's there's very few quality elderly man asses out there.
1: It's true. Viewers, I challenge you. Please find some pictures of, like, juicy old man booty and, like, send them to Dick Dangle. No,
0: no, send them to me.
1: <laughs> yeah, he wants to see them far more than I do. <laughs> well, maybe
0: if they are in, like, a nice pair of shorts or... Uh, You know, some some kind of like. See,
1: Dick's kind of into it. He's like, well, like maybe get behind the old man butt. (laughs) He just (laughs) has to be dressed right. Exactly.
0: And I don't know if I'm going to be behind any old man butt. Let's be honest.
1: I don't know. You just said (laughs) that had a nice pair of pants on.
0: I can appreciate a quality man ass. Good for you. Thank you. I just don't want to see a bear man ass. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> Considering how few of you have actually witnessed your own assholes. Very it's true. disturbing to be behind any of you, to be honest.
0: That is very, very true.
1: I'm like, why am I looking at this? If you can't, <laughs> you haven't even seen this asshole. I feel like I shouldn't be looking at this right now.
0: There are a lot of things that when it comes to women's taste in men, they have a big problem with a friend of mine interview guest on the show by the name of crap.
1: (laughs) I remember her first name. Ah.
0: Wow. Clearly
1: she's a good friend.
0: Stop it. Uh, Paris Bush. That's right. I didn't even have to look it up. It came to me. There you go. Uh, Paris Bush put out a Twitter poll on being able to see men's feet, like bare feet in, in shoes. Or, like, you know, slip-ons or sandals or anything like that. And out of all the votes that she got, it was a 50-50 split of don't want to see them and eh, they're
1: okay. You know what? The thing about feet is that, like, they have to be, like, the right kind of feet. Correct. Like, I personally like a bony, vascular man foot <laughs> with, like, a little bit of hair at the toe. Not, like, a hobbit foot where, like, the whole top of the foot is hairy. Okay just like a little like a little sole patch on the toe, you know?
0: I would imagine that's very difficult to find in Canada considering the amount of hockey players up there and how many have lost toenails because of like <laughs> like block shots and things like that.
1: It's true. We have a lot of black toenails out here. Yeah. Which is okay. But that just means that when you find a pair of nice feet, it's that much more rewarding.
0: There you go. But what I thought was funny was when she put out this this survey, some gentleman put out a, hey, it's not that bad, is it? And it was a picture of his feet, and she just wrote, jail. No. <laughs> and I don't think he took too kindly to that, but man, that was funny.
1: Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. <laughs> Directly to jail
0: you don't want to know the answer don't ask the question as they it's
1: true oh (laughs) that's that's the funniest thing about men i have to say that is that on the internet y'all think that like you're just the best every part of you is the best every time i post anything anything i could be like hey i really like this particular section of my hamstring i'll get like 10 people who send me like a picture of the same thing being like do you like mine and it's like You guys are so confident in every aspect of your bodies. It's just baffling. Like, why are you posting this shit for internet strangers to see? Like, I don't know. It's crazy to me.
0: It could be validation. It could be hoping that you see it. And as Dahlia D, you see it and you're like, ooh, that's sexy. You know, now we have a connection. You know, there's a lot to it. But it's usually from a place of emotional unfulfillment.
1: Do you think that also applies to dick pics?
0: 100%. That has a lot, like, when a guy sends a dick pic, he's looking for one of two reactions. He's looking for the person... To say
1: <laughs> dick pics, we have a contribution from the Discord, and they fully agree one hundred percent. Dick pics are under that category yeah. of of looking for validation. But you were saying, <laughs> dick.
0: so it falls into one of two categories: either they are looking to have whoever seeing the dick pic go, ooh, no, it's tiny, it's disgusting, and they like that, yeah, or they're looking for the person that is seeing the picture to go. That is the most glorious penis I have ever seen in my entire life. You should be a penis model, if not a porn performer.
1: I feel like the majority of people who send them to me are the latter. And let me tell you, 90% of those dicks, these guys that are so confident in their penises that they are willing to take a photo and send it to an internet stranger – All of those dicks look like gnarled tree trunks. (laughs) Mossy.
0: Mossy.
1: You know, a little damp.
0: Of course, of course.
1: It probably smells like must. (laughs) You know, just like an old twisted log. And I'm like, why do you have the confidence... Like, let me tell you, so many guys out there have beautiful penises. Let me just – so many, especially the ones that are, like, insecure about them. If you are listening to this right now and you're a man and you have a penis and you're insecure about your penis, odds are very good that you have a pretty nice-looking dick. It's always the guys that are, like, confident about their dicks that have the ugly ones.
0: Ah, interesting. Okay. now It really is. For you, what makes an ugly dick?
1: Um. If it's clearly unhygienic. Okay. That is something that super duper grosses me out. Okay. What what
0: about like right now? I don't know what men in porn are doing to their penises, but they are like hypervascular. Uh-huh. And that's really weird to me.
1: Yeah, it's probably some sort of like I don't know, like protein drink or something. <laughs> Like a, like, you know, that like horny goat weed stuff that you can get. Right. It's probably like one of those things. Uh,
0: PP protein.
1: PP protein. <laughs> get your
0: dick nice and vascular.
1: Yeah. It's probably something like that. Yeah. Um, also, I've noticed, I put a tweet out about this the other day, but I've noticed that <laughs> That person lot... didn't
0: last very long. <laughs> what? That person hopped in and I started doing my infomercial for PP protein and then they were gone. That was really oh, funny. They're like,
1: that's too much for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have noticed, though, that a lot of the male porn stars these days are, like, extremely young-looking. Like, are they recruiting these guys, like, right out of high school, or?
0: I would imagine that because there was such a gluttony of very young-looking women, I'm sure there was some call or someone had the foresight to go, you know what, we should find men, young men, that look younger than their true age is and they managed to find some there aren't a ton in the adult industry but there's a lot more than there used to be
1: yeah i've been seeing a lot and i'm like oh i kind of feel like i should go to jail for masturbating to these kids like (laughs) (laughs) like are you of age this is weird maybe i'm just old now i don't know Uh, i'm sorry I'm just old. But maybe that's why they're so vascular because they're, like, essentially, like, just post-pubescent.
0: Could be. I I have a feeling like there's something I haven't – it's almost like a secret handshake. There's something that I haven't been given uh, the information for, the uh, the pass
1: to get to – I bet to, there's, like, a, a drug.
0: I'm thinking it's either some kind of pump or a drug or – some not a drug, but we'll say a supplement.
1: yeah. Like a Cymbalta or something. Right. <laughs> That's the one that has those really cringe commercials, right?
0: I'm not sure. I, the uh, the joke years ago was a drug called Macoxiflopin.
1: Oh, my God. Okay. Why can't they just call them stuff like that? Like nobody wants Viagra. Right. But like Macoxiflopin, I would get that. Oh,
0: I, I would buy it just to have the bottle on my shelf.
1: Right? Ah, oh. <sighs> These pharmaceutical industry, I tell you.
0: They don't know how to market.
1: They really don't. Maybe they wouldn't need to, like, jack their prices so high if they knew how to, you know, market to the people.
0: I mean, who wouldn't buy that as a T-shirt? Oh, my God. Done. I'll make the design. (laughs)
1: That's (laughs) That's perfect. (laughs) But, yeah, so it's definitely some sort of, like, supplemental thing that makes these cocks so hard but to go back to um what you were saying about like what constitutes a nice dick yeah. it really does just come down to presentation and hygiene for me okay. like if you clean it up properly i really don't think there is such thing as an ugly dick okay. like i think they all have the potential to look nice and that applies to humans too just in general I'm like, everyone has the potential to look nice. Just got to put a little effort in, you know? If somebody sends me, like, a picture of, like, a dick and, like, in the background, like, there's fucking clothes all over the floor and they're watching, like, porn on their TV and there's, like, seven fucking Mountain Dew cans on their dresser in the background and, like, their pubic hair is, like, so long and matted that you'd probably need a machete to, like, hack through that.
0: Have you gone through my home security camera footage, like – you are nailing the dangle dome. 100%. Yeah. No.
1: <laughs> you know what I just realized? Actually, every pick of you is a dick pic.
0: You are exactly right.
1: Oh my God, I'm going to start sending your face to people who send me dick pics.
0: Oh, please do. I'm
1: mean, like, this is also a dick pic, but you don't get it because you're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: what's funny, kind of to go back to the drug thing, it's not that these guys are getting super hard just vascular they're very vascular they're very girthy like truly abnormally girthy
1: oh my god okay so that's a thing I actually know about this this is something guys are legit doing it's like fillers for your dick it's Ah. called the pee shot and it's an injection that goes into your penis and it can increase your girth by up to an inch and surface holy fuck I cannot say that word to save my life gun to my head I can't say it Circumference. Circumference.
0: Very good.
1: I should have known because it started with circum.
0: Right. That'll ruin it for everybody. everybody.
1: I should have been better than that. But anyway. Yeah. So that's actually like a thing. Like you can actually get like fillers put in your dick. That's okay. Yeah. As far as I know, you don't need it, but maybe that's why. That could be. I knew there
0: had to be something.
1: Yeah. There's no way. This is just natural. There's no one just walking around with like The veiniest dick. Like, that just doesn't happen.
0: No. Uh, You know, I made this statement in the last episode. You know, these guys are walking around with a fucking pool noodle in their shorts. It's like, Jesus Christ. uh, What are you doing?
1: Oh, man. I mean, I wouldn't hate it. But they never get
0: hard, hard.
1: Yeah. I guess it would be hard to with, like, a schlong like that. Like, you'd have to really, like, put in effort. Right. Maybe use, like, a cock ring or something. Oh,
0: that could be an idea. Yeah.
1: Right? Just hold it all in. Ow. And then pass out.
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's the problem. Right.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No. See, if if I was receiving dick pics that looked like that, these vascular, veiny, fucking glorious Adonis dicks, I'd be okay with that. But all I ever get is like the nasty Mountain Dew chodes. Oh, no. No. Where it's like they have sheets on their bed that clearly were handed down from, like, their great-grandma and haven't been washed since.
0: You mean a grown man with a floral print?
1: Yes! <laughs> yes! That's exactly what I'm talking about. That is exactly what I'm talking about, Dick. The floor, And it's always orange. Did you ever notice that? It's yeah. always orange and brown floral. Yeah,
0: that or kind of that uh, spring flower, orange-yellow with green leaves. Yes! Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yes! Yeah. And, of course, non-matching pillowcases at all. Like, you have four pillows on your bed, and they're all in
1: different pillowcases. Oh, but you're lucky if you get pillowcases with these dudes. <laughs> it's usually just, like, a slightly orange pillow that has, like, a ring of sweat around it right where the guy puts his head.
0: Yeah, uh, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my Fuck. goodness. You are so not wrong. No,
1: because I literally, I'm not kidding you. I get probably 15 of those a day on various platforms. My Instagram was actually just deleted. Otherwise I'd be getting 20. Again. Oh yeah. This is number seven. She's gone.
0: I I don't get it.
1: Yeah. And it's funny because I literally have never broken Instagram's terms of service.
0: You're too hot.
1: I must be. That's, I don't know. No, you know what it is, is that I enrage too many people, and I feel like people just, like, report my profile, and then, like, the algorithm deletes me because I get so many reports. Mm.
0: Hold on. What could you possibly be doing to enrage people?
1: Existing? Wow. Okay. People hate sex workers. Yeah, but I know
0: people that haven't gone through nearly as many accounts as you have.
1: I know. It's, like, a thing, though. Like, sex workers are constantly, constantly getting banned from Instagram. And they're like, you're promoting sex work. And I'm like, really? How? Because I've never posted anything to Instagram about my job at all. I just post like spicy selfies. But even those are like, like everything that needs to be covered on Instagram is covered. They just don't like me. I don't know.
0: I don't get it.
1: I'm not kidding. This is actually like my seventh account. I don't even think I'm going to make another one. Like it's honestly just not even worth it.
0: Yeah, I could see why it would just be so disheartening to always go through this
1: process. Right. And then all these people find me again. And, you know, I have fans that specifically speak to me on Instagram and whatever, and they find me again. And my inbox is bumping again. And, you know, I have my friends back or whatever. And then my account gets deleted. And then I have to find all these people all over again. And I have to rebuild everything that I had. Like, I just got back up to like twenty five hundred followers. Wow. Like just and then gone.
0: That sucks.
1: It does. I think the highest I got was like 30 K. And then they, they yanked that one.
0: Oh, okay. Wow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it hurts. Right. When that happens, it's like, fuck, like I tried really hard to get to this and now it's gone for what? Like, you know, I invested the last however many years and they're just like, sorry, you're too much of a slut.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Is is that how they say it, too?
1: Yeah. They like call you on the phone and you're like, hello. And they're like, hey, it's Instagram and you're banned because you're too much of a slut. (laughs) And then they hang up on you. And then you try to call back, and the number's disconnected. Like, that's...
0: <laughs> the person answers, and they're like, you have reached the inbox of Instagram. And the reason you did not get a real person is because you're a slut.
1: <laughs> yeah. You've reached our voicemail, and you're still a slut. Goodbye. <laughs> and then the line goes dead. <laughs>
0: that's what I get for trying to take a drink while you talk. <laughs> Oh Don't ever do that. Oh, it almost came out my nose.
1: Whew. One of many ways that I like to make a man choke.
0: <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> so I think what we need to do to end this first half in style is to talk about this special sex surprise that I have, that I, that I found. So...
1: After this conversation, this is a really ominous segue into the next part.
0: Oh, this is going to be so fun.
1: Here we go. If it's a Mountain Dew can, I'm quitting. I'm (laughs) quitting this show. I'm quitting everything.
0: It's going right in my butt. So, (laughs) quite literally, as we record this, two days ago, I am with my family, and we go to visit a family friend that we've become reacquainted with. Very nice people, and it was really nice to to be able to hang out with them and catch up on old times. Right. So I had talked to, and it's two sisters, and I talked to the one sister about how I like records, and she goes, you know what, I have a bunch of records would you mind looking at them and and let me know the the value of them if they have any? And I said, sure. So we go up there two days ago and I'm looking through the records and there was a couple that were, you know, 10, 20 bucks. Uh, She had a really nice early Beatles one that was probably worth about 40. Yeah. But there wasn't a a ton of value in there was a lot of stuff that everybody had or the condition wasn't that good. And she asked if I had knowledge in what other stuff is valued at. And because I have helped a lot of people sell things and I've done research in buying things and I have a lot of people within that realm. I said, yeah, I, I should I can definitely help you with that. So they had this house that they were renting and the people just left and they left all the stuff in it.
1: Oh, great. And the person
0: was kind of a hoarder. But they had different things, and it happened to work out that everything that they had, I knew a lot about. Okay. So, you know, I'm helping them kind of get an idea of if they want to sell it, how much they could get for it realistically. And then there was this box, a little bit smaller than a shoe box, and I said, what's in here? And they're like, oh, I don't know. And I open it up, and it's a book. It's a series of books called Sexology.
1: Oh, my God. Really?
0: Yeah. So Sexology was a publication that started in the 30s. And, yes. <laughs> and I don't know how long it went. I want to say it was like the 70s. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: And they were about the size of a Reader's Digest. They were typically like 50 pages or so. And there were about 50 in this box.
1: Oh, my God. Please tell me you bought them.
0: Because I helped them so much they just gave them to me.
1: Oh. <gasps> No way! Oh my god, have you had a chance to flip through them yet?
0: You just wait,
1: so... (laughs) I actually know sexology, like I know what that is, I've seen it. So they actually released, I want to say in the 70s, these horrible, horrible series of like how-tos. Okay. It was like porn... They're on Pornhub. I got to see if I can find them. They're literally under sexology. And they made, like, how to how to fuck videos. Oh, okay. And they had two people, like, demonstrating. And it was, like, perform lingus on the woman. And he's, like, licking her leg. Like, oh, it's fucking fantastic. I got to find it. But, okay, so what is your favorite part of the sexology that you have viewed so far?
0: Well, considering there are 50 of them, I was just flipping through to see what I could find To bring to the show that would just be entertaining to the listeners. Oh, God. So all of these books are from about 1953 to 1958.
1: When people were still douching with Lysol, let's just throw that out there. Yeah, exactly. Well, what's funny about the books, though, you could
0: tell that they had done their research because what they would do is be fairly open and modern about how people were beginning to view sex. Okay. But they still had this old school tinge to it because they would have these doctors that had a lot of what they believed based in their other beliefs <laughs> and that kind of transcended medical truth. But some of it is adorable. Like some of it is just so blatantly not true. Like even oh my gosh. even at that time, you know, it was just like wow.
1: I gotta know. So we... read us an ex- excerpt.
0: <laughs> All right. So let me uh, let me find a good. There, there are so many here. I literally have one, two, three, four, five, six that uh, that I can talk about. But I'm trying to find the one. Okay, here it is. So this is this is the adorable one. Okay. This is from the June 1957 Sexology Magazine. Sex Science Illustrated, if you will.
1: 57. That was a good year. That was a good year. That was very sure young. Sure was.
0: The title of the article is Homosexuality, Disease, or Way of Life. Aww. Right? So, hold on. So, it was written by a doctor, and it's uh, about five pages long. And on the second page, the book, Sexology itself, gives a disclaimer. And it says, uh, Sexology magazine disagrees with many of the conclusions of this doctor. Many experts in the field will also disagree uh, with their viewpoint of homosexuality being a disease and can be cured. But it didn't prevent them from putting this in their magazine. Like, it didn't make any sense.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: But it had some fantastic little nuggets in it. Well, do tell. The typical homosexual is perpetually on the prowl. His cruising, the homosexual term for seeking two-minute or, at best, short-term partners, is more extensive than that of a heterosexual neurotic... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> who who specializes in one night stands? Like, ooh, that. Oh
1: my god! That. Right off the bat, right. I mean, that's just men. That's not even. That's not gay men. That's not straight men. That's just men in general. Right. Y'all are always prowling. Yeah, that's right
0: around. <laughs>
1: <Real>. Right, <laughs> cruising. Sorry, cruising. cruising.
0: Right. Uh, according to homosexuals, this proves that they crave variety and have insatiable sexual appetites. In inner reality, it proves only that homosexuality is a poor and unsatisfying sexual diet.
1: <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Holy, you can tell Tinder hadn't been invented yet.
0: Yeah, right. It also proves the existence of... Of a constant masochistic craving for danger, every time a homosexual cruises, he is running the often underestimated risk of a beating, an extortion attempt, venereal disease, or a jail sentence. Wow! A beating a beating like, holy smokes! This wow doctor was not kidding.
1: But, like, okay, once again, like, I know that this is, like, from a million years ago, but it actually cracks me up that, like, they throw all of these, like, stereotypes onto, like, gay men. But, like, let's be honest. If you knew that there was pussy at the end of a tunnel that was covered in razor blades, (laughs) you'd probably still go through the tunnel. (laughs) Because that's just, like, a dude thing. (laughs) You're not wrong. It's just that with gays, there's two of you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious to me. It's just so funny to me to like hear them be like, oh, gays are like this. But I'm like, N- nah, that's your cis man, my guy.
0: Yeah. That, that is all men. It just yeah. depends on what they like.
1: Literally all men. Hashtag literally all men. <laughs> 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 so,
0: so the next one is just a really short excerpt in okay. the September 1954 issue of Sexology.
1: Also good year?
0: Yes. This is Homosexuality Increases in England. Has a little question mark. I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my good! And the print font is so small in this. Here we go. Apparently, there has been an appreciable increase in homosexuality in England, which is causing serious concern. In The Practitioner, an English medical magazine, there recently appeared an article containing the opinions of leading medical, police, and religious leaders. Well, those are the ones you go to. Oh, yeah. The police, I mean, of course. The editor...
1: Did S- you say religious leaders? And
0: religious leaders, yes.
1: Oh my god, that's the first person I'm talking to if I just got boned up the butt. My priest.
0: He's good. No, I'm leaving that one alone. Got that
1: guy on speed dial.
0: Right. (laughs) The editor cited as probable causes for the several hundred percent increase in homosexual offenses in England, the long segregation of men and women in wartime, the tendency to treat homosexuality in light vein on the stage and in radio broadcasts. (gasps) Yes. That has
1: made us all gay. That's right. Yeah.
0: Men dressing in drag has ruined it for everybody.
1: God damn it, Shakespeare.
0: That's right. Right. Yeah. That's what's funny. Like it
1: Shakespeare made us all gay.
0: You can only blame yourself.
1: <laughs> that is beautiful.
0: Colleagues stated that one of the factors behind the increase in homosexuality was a growing tendency on the part of homosexuals to consider their actions as normal and harmless. The homosexual temperament demands understanding and sympathy, said the Bishop of Rochester and most most people in the community. Even though homosexual practice is always a sin, and a perversion.
1: <laughs> that is fucking hilarious. <laughs> How times have changed, huh? Okay,
0: well, and what's funny is if you like wow, nineteen fifty-four, that's only seventy years ago. Like it is not that long ago. That's two like what, what a handful of generations, like three generations.
1: <sighs> I feel like it's it's long enough that things have changed a lot, but it's not long enough that they've changed it enough.
0: You're exactly right.
1: Because there's still a bunch of jackholes out there that believe this shit.
0: Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, you remember all of the bad TV dramas from the 80s and early 90s and just how they viewed – like, Mama Dangle loves Murder, She Wrote. Okay, and every time she was in another country, they went out of their way to find people with the most magnificent accents of that country while playing music of that country in the background. So if she was in Ireland, all you heard was bagpipe music. as someone was like, oh, You know, It's like,
1: <laughs> like wow, is this? <laughs> like, this is a bit much. And that's how they viewed Uh-oh. sex as well. You're you know? going to and invoke the rage of the irish after that one that I was terrible yeah i am <laughs>
0: <laughs> i am horrible at accents and impressions i do an old man really well and that's it
1: oh my god that is oh hilarious
0: my god. yeah please don't be offended by that
1: please i mean do do it's even yeah. funnier if you are
0: <laughs> yeah well you're not wrong <laughs>
1: I am angry at his really
0: bad impression of us. Yes, yes. (laughs) Let the hate flow through you. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So you will definitely be hearing more from these books in upcoming episodes because it is, I have one, I have 50 of them. Two, there isn't a ton of news out there that is really worthwhile for the show. And three, I just think they're hilarious.
1: That is hilarious, and I am so looking forward to upcoming episodes so that I can hear more of this. Oh, my
0: goodness. I I may just save the bulk of it for you because we enjoy it so much.
1: Yes, please do save the bulk of it for me. Oh,
0: you stop right now with your girthy injections.
1: (laughs) 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 Who is your...
0: (laughs) Speaking of girthy injections, I had the opportunity... (laughs) To speak with Lorenzo Sperlonga. Now, I have mentioned his name in recent episodes. He is the husband of Anastasia Pierce, who is very good friends with feature dancer and friend of the show, Angela Summers. And I had reached out to Angela, like, do you think he would like to be interviewed? And she said, oh, I have no doubt he'd be willing to do an interview. So I reached out to him. And he's like, yeah, I'll do an interview. When do you want to do it? And I said, well, let's wait a little bit. I'm going to Chicago for Exotica. Hey, my wife, Anastasia, is going to be there. So I talked to her, and we just had a really good time. So we were able to make the interview happen, and it is fascinating. I love bringing talented artists, writers, photographers, people like that to the show to show a different side of the industry,
1: yeah. You've showed me quite a few, um, artists that are not necessarily like adult actors, but are still involved in the adult industry. Like the pinup cards that you did or that you showed me a while ago. I don't know. Rem- rem- I don't know if you remember those. Sorry. <gasps> um, like the baseball cards that had like the adult actresses on them. I still follow that. Yeah. So oh, cool. Yes. I love that. Oh,
0: wax packs glam. Yeah. I,
1: yes. Uh, thank you. Yes.
0: Um, and with Lorenzo, he does pin-up art. He has done a number of covers for Heavy Metal Magazine as well as other publications. He's worked with uh, comic book makers and just covers the gamut. And he's released a number of books and his Kickstarter just finished a little while ago for his latest book. And we get into all of that. And he is very entertaining he has a wonderful accent that i know the ladies will like and i will not butcher and <laughs> <laughs> and he is just you could tell a very kind and and gentle guy and just has this really amazing talent and I am so glad that he has decided throughout all of his years to bring it to the public eye because his type of talent should not be in the background and it's not and I hope everybody seeks him out you know go on his website buy some of his product it is well worth it he is absolutely amazing and he does so much work with adult performers that you're bound to find something you like of somebody you know
1: amazing well i cannot wait to masturbate to this episode sorry i meant listen Listen. to this episode (laughs) so
0: dalia d speaking of masturbation where can people find you online and on social media
1: You can find all of my links at www.daliadea.com.
0: Fantastic. You can find my links somewhere online. I don't know. Google it. Google it. I'm Dick Dangle, damn it. I don't have to tell (laughs) you every time. No, okay. Uh, I am on Twitter at the Dick Dangle and Instagram dangling after dark. I'm not on there very much. Not going to lie. Dangling after dark is the website. And if you want to email me Dick at dangling So. Everybody, please enjoy my interview with Lorenzo Sperlonga. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Please take care of yourselves and the people around you. Pay for your porn and support amazing content creators like Dahlia D, but also support amazing artists like Lorenzo. Find something that feeds your soul and do it as often as you possibly can. Be careful when you're prowling or cruising (laughs) Because because you don't want people to find out the the curse that you have, that has besieged you. And of course...
1: Tiddly toddly too. Oh, sorry. I meant dangle on.
2: Dick will be coming back.
1: Hi, this is Angela Summers, and you're Dangling After Dark with Dick Dangle. and ready to go again. Welcome back to the Pervert Nation. Here he is.
2: Dick Dangle.
0: My guest is a world-renowned pin-up artist whose popularity grows with every single creation he commits to canvas. He has been featured in and on so many publications, including Playboy, Hustler, and Penthouse, and was a mainstay on Heavy Metal Magazine. After years of creations, he is on the seventh book of his art called Muses, which is guaranteed to be his most popular to date. It is an absolute honor to bring to you the legend that is Lorenzo Spurlonga. How are you doing, sir?
2: Hello, Dick, how are you? I am doing. <laughs>
0: pleasure to be here with you. Yeah, it is an absolute pleasure to have you on. Before we get started, can you please tell everybody where they could find you on social media and online?
2: Okay, the easiest way would be to uh, stay away from my last name, which is kind of complicated, but you can find me at LorenzoArts.com. That would be my website and the same on Twitter, Lorenzo Art, and uh, on Instagram as well. And uh, in Facebook will be Lorenzo's Perlonga, which is my last name. So.
0: Very nice. Now, let's start with a question that I imagine you get asked all the time, so let me do it again. Where did your love for art and then pin-up art begin?
2: Well, believe it or not, everything started in a completely different direction. Uh, I used to Paint uh, illustration for fairy tales for kids. And then one day when this was back in Rome, uh, there was a famous publishing company back then at the beginning of the 90s. They were launching a new erotic magazine that they were. Uh, and they told me, are you interested to do a cover? Just because I know the person that was working there, I say, hey. All I've been doing was Pinocchio and Cinderella, so I don't know how can I help you with this. And uh, uh, But I gave it a shot. They loved it, and it was then after that, there was another one and another one. So I, I kind of gave up on the fairy tales, and I started painting pinups. And, um, and and so that's how I developed the, the interest in uh it starts Start paying the bills. So it was very interesting on that point of view. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what mediums do you normally work in? Uh, mostly, it's mostly acrylics, acrylic paint. And uh, I do use charcoals, inks as well, and just pencils. But the big chunk of my work is done with acrylic.
0: Were there artists that inspired your love of pinup art once you started to get the feel for it?
2: Oh, well, this definitely, well. Vargas and Elfgren probably are their easiest choice to make because the, they are the masters of the, the past. Um, but, but after that, I I got interested in more modern style, like uh, Sorayama and, uh, of course, Olivia. She's a dear friend. And so, yeah. I admire everybody. I mean, I love I love so many artists. It would be a very long list to make. Uh, Luis Arroyo, a uh, Spanish artist, fantastic uh, uh, sci fi and fantasy artist. As well,
0: are you a collector of other people's art?
2: No, I always say myself that uh, I cannot, <laughs> I cannot, I cannot collect other people's art. Otherwise, I will be ruined. So I, <laughs> I force myself, I force myself not to collect it. But there are so many, there are so many other artists I would gladly collect. So
0: <laughs> now, when you create. I'm sure it's not like the old days of having a model sit in front of you and pose for hours upon hours. Do you work off of photography, or is it more? Conceptual? I do. I do.
2: Yes, okay. absolutely. Uh, my ideal. Uh, my my ideal is to actually to do photos of the model myself, so I can we can actually. Um, you know, we can discuss what she she was supposed for or what I have in mind and uh, I can adjust the light. Actually, the the shooting process is very interesting for me and uh, it's kind of take me away from the drawing table, which as you can imagine is a very solitary kind of job. So when I get to interact with somebody else, it's actually great. And uh, the models are um, always... Fantastic! I've always been very lucky with them. So I just uh, so I do photos, and uh, when I'm I'm interested in a model that maybe doesn't live in the United States, or sometimes I work with models from Australia. So they are very kind to send me some photos that I get to see online. and say, well can I use that photo to, as a reference for my painting?" And they're uh, always very, very kind. So I absolutely, but of course shooting myself, it would be ideal because I cannot ask a model to pose in front of me for seven days (laughs) standing still. So taking a photo of that, that would be much easier.
0: You are quite prolific with the amount of pieces that you create. How many do you actually make in, say, six months or a year?
2: Well, honestly, I never... I never count how many pieces I make, but uh, let's say there is an average between seven to ten days to make to complete a, a painting. But of course, it's not that I just solidly paint all the time. There are so many other things that I need to take care of. Sometimes I have to prepare a uh, Kickstarter campaigns or I have to prepare a layout for stuff that gets to go to the press. And uh, so I would say maybe about twenty. I would say twenty. 15, 20 big paintings and maybe but a long series of charcoals and pencils that do, those are quick They does take a day or even less sometimes so overall maybe I can create maybe 50 original pieces every year maybe 60 70 something like that but big paintings usually probably would say 20
0: mm-hmm. wow that is that is amazing what does your work? setup look like when you are actually creating what is the atmosphere is there music or is there solitude what is going there's
2: on? A, there, there's a cat meowing all the time <laughs> 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 all the time there's a cat meowing somewhere coming up jumping on the table while i paint exactly when i, I start making the finest details be sure there's a cat ready to jump on my table <laughs> <laughs> but uh no you know i i listen to music of course Sometimes I get tired. I uh, like to listen to podcasts, actually, or maybe I should catch up with some of yours. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like uh, sometimes I, I put a TV on in the background, but it doesn't have to be something very interesting, sometimes to be the news or something that actually works for me as a radio, basically. I cannot be distracted by the visual. So um, if it's a discussion or that they're having, I can listen to that. But uh, uh, a little bit of everything, honestly.
0: Mm-hmm. Many people have the false belief that their talents won't, as you said, pay the bills. Was it a difficult decision to try and make your style of art your career, either when it was just kind of fantasy illustration or when you went to the pinup illustration?
2: Well, the, the no, I mean, paying the bills, it came naturally. I'm telling you uh, – uh, well, very quickly I'm not gonna digress but um, I started uh, right off uh, I I went to graphic design school back in Italy and this was a time that there was no computer whatsoever I mean there was no computer graphic everything was made by hand even, even lettering you know you had a pen and you, you create everything by hand and you um, so, right after school, when I finished school at 18, I, I was lucky uh, to go into uh, an uh, advertising agency in Rome. And they kind of gave me the trick of the trade. And, uh, but then everything changed because the computer started. I remember when the first Photoshop came out. Photoshop, there was no Photoshop 1, 2, 3, 4. It was Photoshop. It was just like <laughs> one action. And, and uh, so... At one point, I made a decision, okay, do I, I'm going to start doing stuff with the computer, I'm going to stick to the traditional media. And um, I was lucky that uh, somehow when I was uh, doing these pinups, uh, they started sending me checks. There were not big checks, but I said, okay, this is interesting, I can do this. And um, up to a point, though, and then that's when I moved from Italy to the United States, because at one point, I said, okay, I think I'm, I'm actually doing as much as humanly possible, but I can't just make all this much money. So I was trying, at one point I decided I had to try a different market, and um, for a coincidence of events, I met uh, Kevin Nisman, which was the owner of Heavy Metal Magazine, and he told me, oh, you you have to come and work for us, and uh, so that didn't take right away, but we stayed in contact, so in 1997 I moved for good uh, in the United States, and it's And I started working for iMetal and then the the Tamara Bing Gallery and one, then Playboy. Playboy in Italy, I did Playboy and Penthouse, but here I started working for Hustler. And Hustler was the, the door opening for so many things.
0: You have been featured in so many magazines. Do you remember the first one you were in and do you have a collection of these magazines?
2: Yeah, well, in United States, definitely the first publication on the Hustler. Yeah, Hustler Comics. In 1997, Bruce David, which is no longer with us, unfortunately, but uh, uh, was the editor. So later, he became the editor of the Hustler magazine. But before then, he was the editor of Hustler Comics, which is uh, – and he, they were looking for artists, and they saw my work, and he was very enthusiastic about it. And then that was my very first publication – in here in the United States. And um, then after that, I did um, sci-fi Dungeons and & Dragons. And uh, so right now I'm doing, of course, Lady Death. and But yes, I do have copies of whatever I've done. At least one copy, I keep it for myself.
0: When you were first in Hustler and then you started to be shown in Heavy Metal magazine, was it a sense of like you take a deep breath and you go, I made it. This is what I was hoping I could do
2: well, it's, it. Well, definitely yes and and no in a sense that's... Uh, you see when I, you work for Heavy Metal or for Hustler is not something that you do every day, mm-hmm. but seeing your work published there it actually opens so many other doors, and then at the point you see uh, you, you see that you've been requested from this publisher and this other publisher and this collector, and this other collector. Say so, okay, so you start you start seeing a. Uh, a, a certain uh, flow of things happening and it's just like okay this this is going well you know but definitely yes heavy metal was the door that opens uh, the, the, the thing that opened so many doors to me after that was was unbelievable honestly
0: Like so many people who work in any form of the adult community, reputation is key. In the beginning, how did you talk and work with models to let them know what you are doing is about art and creation?
2: It's so funny because actually they were star contacting me. I, I didn't even know it was a possibility to work with models, and all of a sudden they start receiving emails from models they wanted to post for me, huh. and uh, and it's just like oh this is how it works. <laughs> I didn't know I did because until then, until honestly, I, I moved to the United States, I never worked with a live model, and uh, or photos and instead uh, I start receiving emails of models that they wanted to post for my work and just like oh, God, this is unbelievable <laughs> and uh, then attending conventions of course you start meeting them in person and uh, and then of course you have a reputation and, um, and that's you know you, you just do the photo shoots you do the paintings you give copies of the paintings to the models they're very happy and then that's how I ended up meeting my wife <laughs>
0: Uh, and which we will get to later on for sure. But you've gotten to work with so many models and adult performers with some of my favorites being Angela Summers, Raya Sunshine, Romy Rain, Claire Sinclair, Charlotte Stokely. Who...
2: Yeah, they're all wonderful people. Wonderful people. Some of, so, Like uh, Angela Summers, such a dear friend. Claire Sinclair, such a dear friend. Charlotte, too. I mean, just like uh, Romy Romeo just Quickly matter, and uh, but uh, yes, I am lucky because no matter what, they're definitely. No, I mean, I don't think an artist, a pinup artist, can wish a better model than them. You know, mm-hmm. so they're, they're they're not just beautiful, but they're also expressive when they're in front of the camera. You know? Yeah,
0: oh, for sure. And how do you choose who to work with? Is it just whoever is asking for work, or do you have specific people in mind for specific projects?
2: Um, no, no, honestly, um, it goes, it goes in two different ways. Sometimes, um, well, you say we're going to talk about my wife later, but my wife gets to shoot with a lot of models too. So I get to meet them and, uh, and sometimes before, uh, I shoot for my wife and I get to shoot something for myself with the other model. And uh, and if sometimes there is a collector that wants a specific model for her commission for his commission, so just I ask the model if she's available to pose. And um and sometimes I just go with the feeling, honestly. So I the first time I met Claire Sinclair, for example, and she was just uh, Right off the being the Playmate of the Year on Playboy, and um, she was about, I was still in Los Angeles back then, and she was about to move to Vegas. She was having a pinup show here. And uh, back then, I mean, when I did the photo, first photo shoot, probably she was 20, 20, 21, 22, I don't know. But so you would say, Oh, maybe a model that she's young, she's not so experienced. Instead, she was absolutely phenomenal, you know. and um, the, the first time the shot with Anastasia. My wife was just like uh, she was unbelievable. Like because I she destroyed the lens of the camera with her beauty and the, the expression of the of what she did. So I was very lucky in that sense. Mm-hmm.
0: When you see a model that either wants a commission or you have reached out to them, do you have a vision of how you see them being portrayed in your artwork, or do you just go, "Well, let's see your poses," and then inspiration comes from that? It, it
2: goes again. It goes both ways. Sometimes I specifically uh, ask the model to wear something that's uh, I need for the painting. For example, if it's a uh, fantasy painting maybe even if i don't have the real armor or something but uh, we have a sword or something that is looks like an armor and so she poses and she wears that kind of stuff other stuff for me uh, other, other times is that for me it was just like you know uh just Pose naked it's fine because then once you're naked, I can add stuff on it, you know. So it's the best uh, or just lingerie. They can want lingerie if they want. And so that's how it goes.
0: Have you ever had a model that was surprised or maybe brought to emotion by your vision of them? I don't know. They
2: never show it to me. <laughs> 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 I, I, I don't know. <laughs> well, they, they always they, they they say they like my work, and it's very flattering, honestly. And that's a, it's a great compliment all the time. And for me, once I finish a painting, and the, the model is happy with it, it's that's the main thing, you know. That's yes, of course, the client has to be satisfied, but for me, creating something that also the model posts for it. Um, and she's she's happy with it. That's the biggest compliment I can receive.
0: Your work is phenomenal and it is enjoyed by so many people. But have you ever been surprised by somebody who said that they were a fan of your work?
2: Mm, like all of a sudden in the streets
0: uh, something like that? Either that or somebody famous that was like, ooh,
2: you're oh. him. I love it. Oh, somebody famous. I don't know. I mean, for me, all the models I work with are famous to me. So, <laughs> That's So I, I just like, yeah, I mean, I just, like, when uh, Gene Simmons once stopped by at the booth at the, <laughs> and he stopped looking at my work and he loved it. Mean, he did say very nice things about my work. <sighs> so that was, uh, okay, I, I, I bought enough KISS records so you can it can be a couple you can buy a couple of books. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun.
0: Now your Kickstarter for your seventh book, Muses, is just about to end as we record this and it was met with overwhelming response. It had more than five hundred backers. I imagine any creator hopes that people love their work, but how do you handle having so many people that love what you create?
2: Well, this is what's – that's the other side of my job. That's – not only you have to be an artist, but you also have to be – a A manager. Yeah. So there are the days that you work and you can and you paint and you draw, but at the same time, then you have to uh, meet the requests of all your customers and all your fans. So uh, there are days that I completely dedicate to to marketing to some. Sometimes I do the shipping myself. Sometimes I have people helping me, especially when we do this big, massive campaign of Kickstarter. I definitely have people helping me. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to. And uh, so that's why I probably create, I would say, only 20 paintings a year because there are days that I don't even touch a brush or a pencil because there are so many other things that I have to do. So you have to be responsible in the sense that you – when you for example you have a commission you have to give uh, the client a realistic delivery time a publisher a realistic delivery time and i think it's very professional for an artist to stick to the plan you know just like that's how you build yourself a reputation so you just uh, uh, you're trying to yes it's a creative job but it's also you treat it like a, a regular job as well you know
0: in your books, you put concept sketches of the finished artwork that you do. What made you decide to have fans see the complete process from thought to finished product?
2: Well, I, th- I thought it was always I thought it was always interesting because I found it interesting when I start uh, on other uh, artist's book and um, uh, especially this book, Muses, for the very first time. I'm showing the photos of the photo shoot that he wore the model. So the the, the, the audience, we're going to go to see, the reader is going to see the the photo references that I've been using for uh, some of the paintings. You know, So they will see photo references of Carlotta Champagne, Anastasia Pierce, uh, uh, Claire Sinclair, uh, Justine Jolie, um, Emily Merlin, Emily Edison. I mean, there are so many. and uh, And I thought, okay, this is my seventh book, and uh, I just didn't want to make uh, the, the usual collection of all my latest artwork, which is great, but I wanted to create something a little bit different. And I have to give credit to my wife to encourage me to do that because she says that I'm actually a decent photographer. So, okay, I've never seen myself as a photographer as portrayed, but... I, I said, OK, this could be a different uh, angle of the work. And so putting the photos or, in this, or putting the sketches, I think it just helped the reader to understand there is actually a lot of work behind it. Mm.
0: Now, from a past Kickstarter campaign, I picked up the deck of cards that you released, which they remind me of the art studies playing cards from the 1950s, which I absolutely love. So thank mm-hmm. you for that.
2: Uh, thank you. Thank you for supporting the campaign. <laughs> oh,
0: absolutely. H- how do you choose what to put your images on? Because I would imagine you would want them on everything, but it, it's kind of difficult to do that.
2: It it is difficult, but at some point it's just like okay, I see what is what sells. Best on my website in terms of prints and, uh, on and so, okay, this is a painting that's uh is a uh, fan's favorite, okay, just we're gonna put it there, so and uh, or sometimes it's my favorite, sometimes some of my favorites are definitely not the fan favorite. <laughs> 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 so, uh, sometimes I do a painting say, oh my god, this is gonna be a hit, it's just gonna be fantastic, and it just doesn't sell. Mm-hmm. And then instead, of, I do a painting that maybe I say, okay, this is okay, but it's not really that great and end up being a huge success. So, I really, there's no the right formula to make things happen. Sometimes it just, uh, they just happen. Yeah.
0: Do you have a difficult time letting your original
2: creations go? Absolutely not. <laughs> Really? <laughs> give, me the, give me the right amount of the, <laughs> the good check to the, just they the go that's one thing i always say don't get attached I only keep one i have only one original from that i've done that is not for sale i keep it for myself but all the rest is up, is up for grab
0: wow that's i am impressed with that I have a hard time letting stuff go
2: no it's just like again when you do this for a living you just sure. have to detach yourself it, it was hard the very first time, I'll give you that. The very first time when they said, oh, you want to, when when the Tamara Bain Gallery uh, contacted me, I don't know if you're familiar with the Tamara Bain Gallery, Uh, it was was a very popular gallery in LA in the 90s and two thousand. And they, they contacted me. They wanted to represent me. And they wanted to sell my work. That was the very first time that I started selling my my paintings. And uh, I said, oh, my God. Like, oh, I'm going to do this. And, and then they cut the first check. I say, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. They can go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
0: Now, with that last campaign, I remember you having an issue with the print quality of some of the stretch goal items that you had offered, and then you had them redone to your liking. How hard is it to find printing companies that not only want to print your art, but do it in a quality manner?
2: Okay, printing is uh, the bane of my existence because uh, I just like I, I'm very demanding. I know I'm very. I also I grew up uh, as I told you uh, my as a graphic designer. So I've been on the other side as well. Mm-hmm. So I know that no matter. The printing cannot be 100 percent accurate the way you want it, but there is of course a level of that you accept the work and it's just okay. That's that's good. That's like okay. That's 95 9% close to the original. I'm I'm okay with that. Okay. And uh, now the big problem, is, especially in the United States, is censorship. So right. a lot of companies refuse to pu- to print nudity. So you have to find printers that are, actually are okay with that. So, so And they explained this to me, especially the, the, the big companies that have union involved. If there is all they need is one worker that is not agree, doesn't agree to print some sort of nudity, they cannot print the entire work. And um, so that's why sometimes I, uh, for books, for example, most of the time I print uh, in Korea or in China, which the quality is fantastic. I have to say that uh, the, the problem is just the delivery time, especially during COVID, then there was a lot of delays and um but it seems there be to be especially korea to be way more open to certain contents than not the united states i have to say that
0: interesting now as i know you are aware of social media can be annoying In, (laughs) in, in creating the art that you do have you had a lot of issues with posting your work
2: Again, if you post on Twitter, you're fine. You can post it without any – the way the paintings are. I mean, if you post on Facebook or Instagram, you have to censor it. So there's, you have to put black bars and otherwise uh, – even if it's considered art because my art is kind of realistic. I guess the the algorithm doesn't distinct the photo from, from the painting. So in theory, Facebook and Instagram, they say they're okay with nudity if it's considered an artistic – context mm-hmm. but uh, i guess because my style is very realistic is the algorithm reads is a photo and they just if i post something that's uh, the way i painted it most most of the time they block it
0: wow oh that's that that makes me angry i can't imagine mm-hmm. what it does for you
2: oh yeah censorship is for me it's just like I mean I I understand that's the way it is so I'm just don't even get mad anymore but uh, for me it's yeah it's hard you know I mean I'm uh, I'm not Leonardo I'm not Michelangelo I'm not anybody but still what I do it's hard you know
0: You are going to Italy for the Lake Como comic art Festival in oh you Maine. did your
2: research huh?
0: <laughs> <laughs> how excited are you and how do you even begin to choose what to take with you? I can't imagine how many suitcases you have
2: oh it's gonna it's gonna be very <laughs> it's gonna be uh, mostly originals because uh oh. Uh, books uh, first of all it's it's a show that is focused on uh, on on selling original art so i will take with me mostly original sketches drawings i will bring probably a few books a few cards and um no it's, uh, it's, and probably the space that i'm gonna be i'm gonna have available over there is not a, not as big as comic con when i do comic con in san diego i have a big corner booth so i can actually exhibit a lot of my work in form of prints, books, cards, and anything you can think of. Uh, this is a very small show, but is a, a very VIP. Let's call it, you know. So there are only they only sell a thousand tickets uh, to art collectors, basically. So they, they come there and they they come to buy original art. That is incredible. I've never heard of that. Yeah, this is uh, it's the first time actually I'm gonna do this show, so I'm very curious to see how it's gonna develop. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I but I work but I'm gonna play at home, so it's good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you mentioned also doing Comic Con. Do you do a lot of conventions through the year or are you picky? with?
2: Not that? anymore. Not okay. anymore. It's a lot of work. And um, of, to prepare a convention, as you can imagine, it takes a lot of time. And um, so when you dedicate all the time to, to a convention, is not um, – it's all time that you cannot dedicate to commission work and other projects had in mind, so I usually I used to do four years, and now I cut it down to two. And um, but uh, like this year is gonna be this one in Italy for the first time, and then it's gonna be San Diego Comic Con. And it's again, it's it's a lot of work, it's a lot of preparation. So I I'm a I'm a one-man company basically. I cannot do everything. So. Right.
0: Now, as we mentioned, I was able to meet your lovely wife, Anastasia Pierce, at Exotica Mm -hmm. Chicago. May I ask how the two of you met, and did you try a pickup line like i must paint you or something romantic
2: no it wasn't like <laughs> so it wasn't like that so we met on uh, MySpace. imagine that wow okay <laughs> in back in back in, there was MySpace was still a thing and i saw her profile and i contacted her and uh, and i asked her if she wanted to pose and uh the, the, the surprising things nobody calls you nobody a, but she did she mm-hmm. she actually called she didn't text she didn't send an email she called because I put of course so when I send an email all my contact information and she and uh, she called and uh, we chat and she wanted to shoot and she wanted to for me to create a painting of her she was just very enthusiastic and and uh, and uh, I guess I was very enthusiastic, too, when I met her. <laughs> so, <laughs> and um, so that's how we met. So it was, uh, it, 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 I was very lucky. Yes, I was very lucky to me. Not only she's a phenomenal model, but of course she's a, an unbelievable woman. So.
0: Yeah, she was so sweet when I met her in Chicago. So how long have you two been together?
2: Oh, uh, since 2008. So this is gonna be in July. It's gonna be 15 years. Oh, fantastic!
0: Congratulations.
2: Yeah. Oh, thank you.
0: So, would you like to say something very flattering about her that I can mention to her when I interview her, and then we'll, <laughs> we'll kind of give you a win, score you some points?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, just like let me think about it. I'll tell okay. you this later. Okay. <laughs> All right. That sounds good. All right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, what does the future hold for you uh, beyond the convention? Is there plans for an eighth book, more conventions, take some time off after the Kickstarter? Mm,
2: no, time off definitely is going to. Usually September is my time off, so until September is going to be solid because, of course, they're gonna, we're going to send the, the book to the press. There's going to be a lot of press checking. Then there are going to be conventions in between, plus a lot of people has ordered commissions through the Kickstarter, so those needs to be done. And uh, Another book, definitely in the future, but usually I don't release. I release a book every four years three years but there is a plan maybe in the future to reprint some of the books that uh, that are completely sold out and people are requesting them so I'm actually considered to reprinting some of the books as well and um, again very very busy all the time <clears throat> and uh, and I can only have some practical help sometimes of when it comes to shipping or preparing stuff but again when it comes to create the art I'm the only one who can do it so
0: Well, I look forward to getting this book from you. I am such a big fan and supporter of you. And I'm just I'm so happy to have had this interview with you. I think the listeners are really going to enjoy this.
2: Oh I hope so. I hope so. I, I put a lot of work in it, so I'm I'm confident they're going to like it.
0: Absolutely. So one more time before I let you go, can you please tell everybody where they could find you online
2: and on social media? Okay. They can find me on my website is lorenzoart.com or lorenzosperlonga.com. Both they go on the same website. And on Twitter is lorenzoart. And on Instagram as well is lorenzoart. And on Facebook is lorenzosperlonga. So
0: fantastic well once again thank you so much for your time and best of luck with it
2: was a truly pleasure to speak with you I really look forward to meet you in person maybe in one of the upcoming convention
0: that would be fantastic I'm looking forward to it okay you have a great day then you too.